Welcome to the third episode of the Free Flow Outdoors podcast and the third episode in this Western Big Game hunting series for this season. Um, I will probably be wrapping this series up, might do one more episode, um, talking about archery, elk hunting, lessons learned, but um, after that probably going to move on to fly fishing as spring inches closer here. So... So far, we have taken a fairly in-depth look at the Wyoming Big Game Draw System. Um, that's all in Episode 1, so if you haven't listened to that, and if Wyoming's kind of high on your target list of states to hunt, I would recommend going back and giving that one a listen. So that's all in Episode 1. Um, episode 2, I talked about some a little bit about some different states, um, but mostly about kind of setting your goals and setting a budget for your application strategy. So if you wanted to hear a little bit more about um, goal setting and just kind of personalizing your application strategy or at least getting started in that, um, that's all in episode two. So today I'm gonna get into each state and different species a little bit more. Um, I'm going to talk about how to kind of get started with developing your uh, personal application strategy based on your goals and your budget. So there are some states that I am more familiar with than others. Um, for example, I myself apply in Arizona and Nevada, so have a little bit more experience. I might be able to get a little more in-depth on those. And... A state like Utah, for example, is one that I've never applied in. So I'll touch on them a little bit, the hunts that are available there, but I'm going to discuss more of what I'm experienced with. And uh, But I will provide some resources and some places to get a little more information on some of the stuff that I'm not going into as much detail on. So this episode might be a little bit shorter than recent ones. We'll I guess I'll see what I get into here, but um, it's really, the main goal of it is just to provide you with a kind of a jumping off point in, in getting started for making your personal application strategy because um, I don't know what it is exactly you're looking to do, so that's kind of going to be up to you. So my goal for this one is just to give you a little bit of a rundown of each state, and like I said, I'll go over each species, and I'll probably touch on how different strategies for each species pertains to both short-term and long-term application strategies and kind of what states you're going to want to be looking at. And also being that Free Flow Outdoors is an archery shop and that I have done most of my own research on different bow hunts in different states, um, it'll probably be be a little bit more bow hunting centric as this entire podcast will probably end up being, but I will talk a little bit about some of the rifle hunts that are available as well. The same disclaimer that I have on the previous two podcasts in that I do not have any sponsors for this podcast, so any resources that I mentioned today are simply those that I have experience with or I use myself. Um, so that being said, I'll probably start there and get right into some of the resources you can use to simplify building your application strategy. So the first one that I'll talk about is a free option, and that's all the state Game and Fish websites. Uh, Game and Fish, Parks and Wildlife, Department of Wildlife. Um, every state has a different name for it, but just punching in the name of the state you're looking for, followed by Big Game Hunting into Google, um, should get you where you need to go. So these websites are different for every state. Some of them can be a little bit convoluted or kind of tricky to navigate or at least a little difficult to find what you're looking for, whether that's um, a particular season, a particular type of hunt, or um, past draw odds. So if you're just looking at one state um, for your application strategy, say you're only interested in hunting Colorado or Wyoming or something, this is probably the way to go because, again, it is free and you will be able to find most of everything you're looking for there. Um, just, again, it can be a little bit trickier to navigate. So if you are looking at a number of states, I would probably recommend checking out some of the uh, various hunt planning websites that are out there. Um, these are typically 
paid subscription type websites so that might be something to build into your budget if you decide to go this route um, but generally the information you're looking for is all consolidated there and it's just a little bit easier to navigate and some of the web websites have some pretty nice tools that you can use that kind of just streamline everything and just make it really easy to find what you're looking for so these can be a big time saver again they're usually paid subscription services and vary in price range um, these are your websites like go hunt hunt and fool and top rut um, I personally have experience with go hunt I haven't really used the other two um, but I put in for three different states usually and and I uh, look at a few others so I have been using go hunt for that and um, especially looking at archery hunts you can just go in select your type of weapon so select archery season and that'll just pull up on a map all of the uh, units with archery seasons for that state so it's pretty handy it's worth it to me to build that into my budget but Again, if you're only looking at one or maybe two states, it's probably not going to be worth it. But if you're looking to imply in three, four, or five states, something like that, um, I would probably recommend building this into your budget. Speaking of Hunt and Fool, they do have a pretty good podcast that goes over all the different western states. Um, it's the Built to Hunt podcast. So if you're looking for any more in-depth information on any particular state that I talk about today, I would recommend looking that podcast up and kind of just perusing through their different episodes, especially this time of year. They're usually coming out with um, kind of a breakdown for each state and their draw systems and, and what you're looking at for that particular year. So that's a pretty good in-depth podcast um, I would recommend since I'm just going to kind of lightly touch on everything here. That's kind of a, a good one that goes into a little bit more depth on everything. So now that you have some resources that you can kind of look at and start doing a little bit of a, your own personalized research, um, I'll get into some of the hunts here. And again, I'm just going to kind of briefly go over everything and I'll kind of just go through each species, talk a little bit about each state and what opportunities they have. And uh, then in order to build your application strategy I would just take that information and kind of see what piques your interest start diving into that a little bit more on some of these resources that are available and just kind of go from there so everything I'm going to talk about here is just as I'm aware of it at this point and again there's states that I've hunted in there's states that I apply in and there's some that I don't apply in at all and haven't even been to so I'm going to go more in depth on the states that I have more experience with, but I will at least kind of touch on each state um, and just what opportunities they have available. So again, I'll talk a little bit about some of the rifle hunts that are out there, but probably focus a little bit more on some of the archery hunts that are available. All right, let's get started with mule deer here, and um, I'll just do mule deer because um, some of the states are, the deer tags are both for whitetail and mule deer, and the ones that aren't, um, there's only a handful. So I'll just focus on mule deer for the purposes of this podcast. So if you are looking to hunt mule deer out west, and let's say you are looking at a short-term strategy, maybe you want to hunt this year even, um, the only two over-the-counter hunts that I'm aware of right now are going to be Nebraska and Arizona. And neither of those would be for rifle. So in Nebraska, you have over-the-counter hunts for ar the archery and muzzleloader seasons. Archery is going to run September 1st through December 31st. And the muzzleloader season is the month of December. And those are both statewide for Nebraska. Um, the rifle seasons, I'm not 100% sure. There may be some over-the-counter options there, but as far as I'm aware, they're all um, application-based for the rifle season. And that rifle season, I think, is only a week or 10 days long in Nebraska. So if 
you're looking to rifle hunt, I don't know if that would be my top recommendation, but definitely a good option there for archery and muzzleloader. Those are both uh, some pretty long seasons, and again, those are, are statewide tags. There's going to be different regulations for different zones, but um, definitely something if you're looking to get going maybe this year or, or next year and maybe you don't want to get into buying points and applying and all that you just want to know that you can hop online and grab your tag um, nebraska is an option for that one kind of asterisk with that state is that it's going to be a lot of private land there is uh, not a ton of public to hunt um, you know there's some around the northwest part of the state you got the sand hills but um other than that, there's really no large tracts of public land, so um, you might get into a situation where you're um, maybe pay for some access fees, but um, just something to think about there for Nebraska. And Arizona has an over-the-counter archery hunt, and that is depending on the unit I think it runs December 15th through the 31st for one of the seasons and um, the month of January so yeah this one here says December 10th through the 30, 31st for one of the late archery tags um, that's just gonna vary by unit so you can see all those different seasons on the uh, Arizona game fish website or whichever um, subscription-based uh, hunting planning service that you're using. So those are kind of your two main options for over-the-counter mule deer hunts. And again, obviously both those states both have hunts that you can apply for. Um, Arizona, you're probably going to be looking at um, probably getting anywhere in that three to five point range before uh, you can really look to or hope to draw some hunts. Obviously, it is a bonus point state, so you can draw at any time, but your odds aren't really all that great until you get into that range for, for most of the hunts there. So that being said, I will get into some of the states that you can apply for, and I'll try to focus more on the short-term strategy stuff, so you know hunts that you can start looking at with, say, zero to four points. So Colorado is a good one to look at for your short-term strategy, uh, especially if you're a bow hunter. You do have to apply here, but there are, from what I was looking at, a little over a dozen units that have right now about 100% draw odds at zero points, or at least they did last year. Obviously, that's not going to be guaranteed this year, but if you're going into Colorado with zero points, you can count on having a pretty good chance of drawing a tag somewhere if you apply in the right units. So that's for archery and the same goes for second and third rifle seasons, which um, that third rifle season will start getting you into the mule deer rut. And there's a handful that you can draw with zero points for fourth rifle, which is kind of going to be a peak rut hunt, but not quite as many as second or third. Once you get into that two to three point range, um, your options for archery or a second or third rifle hunt really start to open up. Then you can really look at quite a few more units, but um, you're going to need to be in that five to seven point range to start seeing a lot of options for those fourth rifle hunts. So Colorado, no true over-the-counter hunts, but um, again, some units you can draw with zero points. Um, quite a few decent units you can look at in that one to three point range and then uh, your options kind of just go up from there the, uh, the longer you want to wait but if you're looking to hunt immediately and hunt every few years um, especially if you're looking to bow hunt Colorado is probably going to be a pretty good option next up is Wyoming and a little bit more complicated here for non-residents in that you draw by region. So if you draw a tag, that tag's going to be valid in several different units. It's going to be valid for an entire region, which is usually made up of you know anywhere from three to five units. So there are really no regions that you're guaranteed to draw with zero points right now, other than, as of last year, Region T 
which is made up of only one unit, um, 15 in the southeast corner of the state bordering Nebraska. And down there, there's a lot of private land and not a huge amount of deer numbers, so that's likely the reason for it being a zero point draw. Um, so Wyoming, unlike Colorado, is probably not one you can go in and count on definitely drawing a tag with zero points the first time you apply. But if you were to buy a preference point this year and go in with one point, um, that will start to open up your options a little bit. Um, so one point draws as of this year were um, Region J, which consists of the Laramie Mountain Range in eastern Wyoming. And there's a couple other units in that region as well. Um, there's still going to be a lot of checkerboarded private land in that region, but there is definitely some public to hunt on too. So um, there will definitely be some options there, but that's kind of the reason for it being a one point draw too, is that there is going to be a majority of private land. Also in the Northeast portion of the state regions, A and C, um, again, there you're going to be looking at most of that quality deer habitat and quality deer numbers are going to be on private land and private leases up there. Um, not to say, again, that there's not any public land to mess around on. There is, but just, just not as much. So pretty much the percentage of private or public land in a unit is going to be kind of the deciding factor in how many points it's going to take to draw some of these regions. So you have other regions like uh, Region M up around Thermopolis, which has a little bit more public land to work with, but you're going to be looking at fairly low densities of deer. So all things to take into consideration when you're putting in with, say, one or two points, but um, there are going to be some options there in Wyoming. So once you get up to three or four points, you you start to open up some options in the Bighorn Mountains, um, some regions in the South Central and Southwestern portions of the state. Um, so definitely a lot more public land to work with there, uh, especially in places like the Bighorns. Anytime you can uh, get a unit or a region that has a good chunk of national forest, um, you definitely have a lot more public land DIY options there. And right now, you're going to need probably more like seven or eight points to really have a lot of options and to be able to draw some of those highly sought after regions like the ever famous Region G on the west side of the state. And I would also expect that um, point creep is going to keep coming into play and that's going to kind of keep going up every year. So right now, G is taking. Uh, seven to eight points for non-residents, so I could see that easily being over 10 in, in a few years, just at the rate things are going. So if you're looking to archery hunt, um, not that Wyoming doesn't have great bow hunting for mule deer, it just might not your, be your top choice because there aren't any archery specific tags that increase your odds over the general rifle hunt. Um, there is an archery season that can be hunted, but that's just going to be an archery stamp that you add to your general rifle tag. So Wyoming, definitely a few options there for your short-term kind of zero to four point strategy. But in terms of quality hunts with a lot of public land to work with, this is probably going to be a more mid to long-term states um, in terms of mule deer. Moving right along to Montana. This can be a good state to get into with zero to three points as there are a number of units that can be drawn in that range. Um, this is gonna be a state that I don't have any experience with uh, in terms of applying for or hunting in. But the buzz right now is that Montana has been seeing quite a bit of pressure in recent years and that the mule deer herd just isn't quite what it used to be up there especially on the eastern side of the state where a lot of those zero to three point tags are. So it might not be your top choice, but if you are looking to hunt mule deer in the short term out west, um, Montana is probably at least going to be a state to consider. And 
in terms of a, a short-term strategy in the zero to four point range, it's probably gonna be a state to consider over one like Wyoming. So again, some of these will be kind of brief. I'll get right into uh, Idaho and New Mexico, which I'm gonna to throw together here because they are both a completely random draw. So those can be a great option for your uh, short-term strategy because you have just as good of a chance as anyone of drawing those tags it's just a matter of how do they fit into your budget because I believe both of these states will hold on to your money until the the draw so um, I'm not sure what the mule deer tag prices are right now but that money is going to be tied up until the draw results are announced these are two states that I'm probably going to recommend for every species if it fits into your budget being that they are completely random draws and Obviously, in these states, different units are going to have different draw odds, and nothing's going to be guaranteed. But if they do fit your budget, um, definitely good states to throw your hat in the ring for, I think. And not just for mule deer, but for all species. Moving along to Nevada. For mule deer, Nevada is probably going to be more attractive to bow hunters than rifle hunters. Not to say that it's hopeless by any means, but this is a state with quite a few archery-only seasons that can be drawn in, uh, right now, that three to five point range. So not exactly short term, but if you're an archery hunter, I would say Nevada is definitely one to take a look at because you can start getting into some of those little bit more quality hunts that they're not giving out quite as many tags for, um, especially for archery. And I'm not 100% sure on the rifle hunts there. I have been putting in for archery hunts in Nevada, but there may be some that are kind of on that lower end of points. I don't think you're going to see anything too great, you know, that's not giving out many tags or has a lot of public land in terms of a rifle hunt for anything less than, say, five points. But... If you're a bow hunter, I would definitely have Nevada on your list if you're serious about hunting mule deer. And if you're willing to play a little bit of that mid-range kind of point game. Neighboring Utah is probably another state to consider if you're looking to hunt mule deer in the short term. From what I've seen, there are a few archery hunts available at 0-1 to one points, as well as some rifle hunts. And like... Uh, some of the other states, kind of like Colorado, there's going to be even more options when you get into that two to four point range. I can't really speak to the quality of all these hunts, but in terms of a short-term strategy for hunting mule deer out west, uh, Utah is probably going to be on your list. Kind of recap everything on the mule deer strictly over-the-counter buy a license go hunting this year hunts that I'm aware of Nebraska and Arizona and in terms of a short-term strategy zero to four points um, I would be looking at Colorado Montana Utah and possibly Wyoming Wyoming if you're willing to deal with uh, maybe a little less public land or a little bit lower deer numbers and of course you will start to see better options for quality hunts as you build more points in all of those states and again I'll throw in Idaho New Mexico for your short-term strategy um, as long as it fits your budget so that'll kind of wrap things up for mule deer as I know about them in the West and I will move on to antelope here with pronghorn hunting out West I believe that Wyoming is definitely going to be your top choice. There aren't any over-the-counter hunts available for pronghorn that I'm aware of in any state, but Wyoming and maybe Montana are probably as close as you can get. So Wyoming has a certain number of units that can be drawn with zero points, but most of them are primarily going to be on private land. Again, there's always going to be some kind of public you can screw around with in most of these units. I don't think any unit is 100% private, but they are lower point draws because there is not much land to work with. And generally, there's going to be more tags given out, hence the reason they're easier to draw. So we do have a lot of antelope. 
So that's something you can work around and we do have some great programs like Access Yes that are providing more opportunities for the public to hunt on private land. So if you see a unit that is made up of say 75% private land, you can look into it a little bit more and see that there might be some HMAs you can apply for once you draw that tag and that'll kind of open up your options a little bit. So there are definitely some units you can get with zero or one points. You could potentially hunt antelope this year if you have never applied in Wyoming, but building up two to three points is going to give you a lot more options across the entire state. So Wyoming, definitely a choice for a immediate or short-term antelope strategy. If you're looking at some of the more kind of top tier units across the state, like the Red Desert, um, you're going to be need to be probably starting at least in that seven point range for some of those. And, and a lot of them are taking as many as 12 to 13 points. But I mean, there's, from what I can tell, there's trophy antelope in just about every unit in the state. So I don't know that I would get too hung up on some of those top tier units, especially with the way point creep is going. So um, as far as antelope goes, I think Wyoming's going to be your top choice. Montana would probably be your second choice. It's very similar to Wyoming in that there are a number of units you can draw in the zero to one point range. Again, with that caveat of there being a large percentage of private land in these units. But again, basically any state you're going to be in out west, there's going to be some kind of public land um, that you're going to have an option for in most units that you're hunting. Um, obviously, take a look at it depending on what units you're applying for. Make sure there is some kind of public land, but for the most part, there generally is. Um, it's just that those units that are easier to draw are just going to have less of it, and you might have a little bit more competition to deal with. So Montana, not quite the numbers of antelope that Wyoming has, but definitely still a good option to hunt antelope out west in the one to three year range. Going south, Colorado, a little bit trickier for antelope. There are plenty of units that you can draw with zero or one points, but they are going to be made up of a majority or even entirely uh, private land. And I know I said there's always some kind of public land to mess with in these states out west, but you get down into Colorado on the eastern plains where a lot of these zero to one point units are, and that's not necessarily always the case. Not to say you can't hunt at all down there, but just know that in that point range in Colorado, that's what you're going to be dealing with. There are some good options for public land hunts, but you're going to probably need to be at least in that five to seven point range to draw the archery or muzzleloader hunts for these units. And you're going to be looking at 15 or more points for the rifle hunts. So Colorado would be an option for you long-term strategists, but I wouldn't recommend it as a state to hunt antelope in the next one to three years, unless you're fine with exclusively bow hunting or maybe muzzleloader hunting. And if you've ever hunted antelope with bow before, you know that that can be exceedingly difficult uh, unless you maybe have somewhere to stick a blind on a good water hole that no one's going to mess with. Continuing south through antelope country, uh, I'm going to lump Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico all together because they all have pretty abysmal draw odds for antelope. It's almost like drawing a sheep tag in these states. New Mexico, again, is a completely random draw, so it is an option to throw your name in the hat. But again, all three of these states have uh, pretty low odds. So if New Mexico fits your budget, that's probably um, the best option of the three, just because it has that random draw. Um, if you're just getting started, obviously, if you have points in the other states, um, you're going to have better odds there. In Arizona and Nevada, you're probably looking at 20 points or more just to even get you in double-digit percentage of odds of drawing a tag. So I would definitely 
not recommend any of these states for a short-term strategy, except uh, maybe New Mexico is kind of a swing for the fences type option if it fits your budget. So that's going to be all of the antelope states out west. And we will get into the next species that everyone wants to know about, the Rocky Mountain elk. Western elk hunting, maybe more so than any other type of hunting out west, has been going through some growing pains in recent years. It just seems to be in really high demand and the over-the-counter states are kind of getting pounded and the application states are seeing more applications and new preference point buyers than ever. So it's definitely getting a little competitive. Um, just seems like the one thing that anybody who's coming from a non-resident state, it's kind of the first thing they want to do. So just something to be aware of as my dog's jumping on me. Something to be aware of as you get into all of this and build your application strategy. But I'll get into it anyway. I'll go ahead and start with uh, the two over-the-counter states that I know of. And this is probably a pretty good point in the episode to point out that I have not been talking at all about Oregon and Washington. And that's just because I really don't know anything about their draw systems, at, at least in terms of the different species. Oregon is a over-the-counter elk state, but it's not one that I'm going to be talking about here today. So if you are interested in those two states, uh, I again would probably recommend checking out the Built to Hunt podcast or some online, uh, just doing a little bit of Googling and finding some articles, and they can kind of break down what options you have for those two states for big game hunting. So the two over-the-counter states that I will talk about are Colorado and Idaho, and I'll start with Colorado here. Colorado is going to be one of your options for a state to hunt over-the-counter. They have unlimited over-the-counter archery tags, but that's also going to mean an unlimited amount of fellow hunters in the woods. So Colorado does have some of the best elk herds in the West, some of the biggest populations of any Western state but you're going to be contending with a lot of pressure on these hunts. Um, that being said, versus another over-the-counter state like Idaho, where their non-resident um, over-the-counter tags are capped, you can buy a archery tag at any time before the season, and you're always going to be able to buy that tag. You're not going to get locked out at any point in the season, or they're not going to hit their quota or anything like that. So in terms of immediate or short-term strategy, Colorado is probably your number one option, but just a huge star next to all of this is that there is an ever-increasing amount of pressure in that state. And even hunting in Wyoming and, and getting down towards the border, you can start to see it. So um, again, I don't do a lot of speculating on this podcast about trends and anything like that. So Who's to say if it's going to continue on this way or, or if it'll taper off in the future, but um, that's just one huge thing I, I think people should be aware of because I think everyone sees Colorado and they're like, oh, you know, you, you can buy an elk tag at any time. This is perfect, but um, if you don't like dealing with crowds, um, you might want to employ a little bit more of a midterm type strategy and maybe look at some different states because Colorado has been getting very crowded for the archery elk season. But that's not to say, uh, I mean, people still kill elk with their bows every year down there. So, And again, some of the best herds in any western state, so there's definitely opportunity there. So if you're building points, um, there are some hunts that you can get into in that two to three point range that might alleviate a little bit of that pressure um, just because the units are going to be capped. But from what I understand, the uh, five to 15 point range is basically no man's land in Colorado right now. So in terms of a short term strategy or immediate strategy, definitely not a bad state to look at. I mean, you could hunt this year. And you could even hunt this year and start building your points. So maybe hunt out there for a couple of years on that over-the-counter tag while you build 
two, three, four points and then maybe get into a limited quota tag down the road. So I would definitely recommend Colorado as an over-the-counter option, as an immediate or short-term option, but um, being that that kind of mid to upper point range has kind of turned into a no-man's-land thing, uh, I probably wouldn't recommend it as a long-term option. So your next over-the-counter state is Idaho. Um, from what I understand, they've made some changes to their draw in recent years. And I know that the number of over-the-counter tags is capped, and they have introduced a new, um, I guess, queue-based system for purchasing tags online. I've just heard stories of people going and, and waiting in this queue, and I guess you kind of get a number, and the lower that number is, the better chance you have of getting in and being able to buy a tag. And Apparently, it's become kind of ferociously competitive in the last couple of years. So, unlike Colorado, you can't just go and buy that tag at any time. And with that new system, again, I don't I don't have experience with it personally, but I have heard tales of it being a little bit messy. Um, you know, kind of involving waiting in line, buying your computer, and there's a little bit of luck that's going to be involved. But um, part of elk hunting is being committed. So if you're willing to play that game, I think Idaho is still a good option to hunt elk this year. And since their tags are capped, you're going to see probably slightly less pressure than a state with unlimited tags like Colorado. So Colorado and Idaho, definitely two that I recommend for your short-term strategy. All right, Montana. From what I can tell, Montana is very similar to Wyoming in that there are limited entry options and a general tag option. And like Wyoming, it looks like you need to draw in any legal weapon general tag, which you can then add an archery license to and hunt during the archery season. And in Montana, that archery season goes from September into mid-October, and the specific dates on that might vary by unit. Unlike Wyoming, it appears that most of the general units in Montana are still in that two-point draw range, with a lot that have over 50% draw odds with one point. So in terms of a short-term strategy, Montana is probably going to be a little bit of a better option than Wyoming, which is why I'm talking about it first here. So if you are looking to hunt, maybe not necessarily this year, but planning a hunt for 2023 and beyond, um, I would definitely be looking at Montana. There are no over-the-counter tags like Idaho or Colorado, but there are some pretty low-point draws still. So it looks like they haven't been quite as affected by point creep as Wyoming has with their system. So... Montana, definitely a good option for a short-term strategy. Moving along to my home state of Wyoming, and just a few years ago, Wyoming was a state I would definitely recommend for a short-term strategy, but in recent years, it has been slowly creeping away from that and becoming more of a five- to seven-year type hunt for non-residents. So non-resident tags are capped statewide, and... Right now, it's taking non-residents about four points to draw an elk tag in the regular general draw. And we will wait to see what that number is for this year's draw because it could be even closer to five depending what happens and, and how many people put in. So as demand increases, that number is likely to only go up. So Wyoming is probably not going to be a short-term hunt for prospective western elk hunters anymore. Um, it's definitely a quality elk hunt, and if you're planning a more midterm to long-term type strategy, it should definitely be on your list. But if you're not really looking to get into building a bunch of points and applying every year and, and just playing that whole game, um, unfortunately, I'm going to say Wyoming would probably not be on your list because... It's just becoming more and more affected by point creep. And um, 
it's just becoming harder and harder to draw a tag and we could even see where residents might have to start drawing tags rather than getting them over the counter so that's kind of all up in the air still who really knows what's going to happen but the only thing that's for sure is that point creep is definitely taking hold in wyoming and it's getting harder for non-residents to draw tags and that wait is getting to be quite a bit longer so not one i would recommend for an immediate or short-term strategy but definitely a quality hunt if you're willing to build some points and apply for a few years. Again with New Mexico, they are the completely random draw state, um, but their kind of mid-tier and top-tier units can be very tough to draw. You're going to have pretty low odds there. But like I said, with antelope and deer, definitely a state to kind of swing for the fences for if it fits your budget because of that random draw so um, if it's in your budget I would say it's a short-term strategy there's also some units that are gonna have decent draw odds you're just gonna need to do some research to find out what hunt you're interested in and again those hunts with better draw odds are gonna have probably lower elk numbers maybe not quite as good of trophy quality and probably a little bit less public land but again New Mexico a good uh, really a good anytime strategy if it fits your budget moving along to Utah I won't go into much detail with for elk because again I do not know much about their draw system here what I do know is that you're if you're below that five to nine point range you're really only going to have a shot at some very low odds random tags in any given unit. So this is more of a crapshoot or a swing for the fences type of application rather than anything you can really strategize for um, in terms of a short-term strategy. It could be a good option for a more medium to long-term type strategy, but uh, in terms of short-term probably not one I would recommend putting at the top of your list. Arizona, I know that this state has a few options for lower point holders, but these are primarily going to be a little bit tougher hunts like late rifle or late archery tags. But if you're up to that challenge, um, there are some tags out there to be had in that four to six point range. So. Arizona's not going to be a short-term strategy state, definitely probably starting at more of a midterm type strategy, but um, there are a few hunts available in less than that 10-point range, but anything over 10 points is definitely going to open up your options, but again, there's, there's not going to be any guarantees. Arizona has a bonus point system, so the more points you have, the more entries you're going to get, the better chance you're going to have to draw. But you do always have a chance to draw, even at 0 or 1 points, but if you want a, a little more assurance that you're likely or even guaranteed to draw a tag, um, you're going to have to be in that higher point range. So if you want to know for sure that you can hunt elk in the next few years you're probably not looking at Arizona and last on my list for elk is Nevada because it is essentially the same system as Arizona so it's gonna be definitely a lot more long-term I probably wouldn't even say medium term here this is this is probably 10 years plus type of deal um, so the same system as Arizona, just a lot worse odds. So unless you're planning on playing the very long-term strategy game and you're prepared to kind of roll with the punches and any changes that could potentially come to draw systems in the next 10 or 20 years, um, I would probably not recommend spending your money in Nevada for elk. So that will kind of wrap up what I have for the different states for elk hunting. And again, there are elk hunts available in Oregon and Washington. Um, I'm just not going to go over those states at all in here. 
and the states that I touched on more briefly, um, you can definitely dive into a lot more with some um, with some online research. I will wrap up here talking about moose, sheep, and goat, and uh, I'll throw bison into this conversation as well, but. I'm not going to get into too much detail in any particular state for these because, quite frankly, the draw odds and outlook is quite bleak across the West, even for residents of many of these states that aren't already at max points. So what I do know, I will say that I know Nevada gives out the most non-resident bighorn sheep tags in the country, and Wyoming, for the time being, allocates 20% of all of its sheep tags to non-residents. So if you are serious about sheep hunting, then I would recommend having both of those states on your radar. But other than that, you're quite honestly probably going to be better off saving whatever money you would be putting towards applying in a bunch of different states and just putting it into a savings account towards a guided hunt for dull sheep in Alaska or a moose hunt in Alaska or eastern Canada. Just anything like that because you can spend a lot of money and put in for your entire life basically and never get above, you know, 1% odds of drawing any of these tags. So that being said, I am personally only building points for moose and sheep in Wyoming because I'm a resident here and it's fairly inexpensive. But even still, the odds are still more likely that I'll never draw even being a resident. So for the non-resident getting in on the ground level, you obviously can't draw if you don't put your name in the hat, but I'll just say that the odds are definitely stacked against you. Additionally, playing the points game is a gamble in a few ways because there is no guarantee what changes might be coming to all of these draw systems in every state out west. I've talked in recent episodes about some changes that are being proposed for Wyoming. So there's no guarantee that you could buy points for a number of years just to have that state switch to a random draw or something like that and kind of get the rug pulled out from underneath you. So if a state like Arizona or Nevada is part of your deer, elk, or antelope strategy and you're interested in sheep hunting, I think it's worth spending the extra $15, right now anyway, to apply for sheep or buy a sheep point because you always have a chance in those bonus point states. But as far as a strategy dedicated solely to going moose or sheep hunting in your lifetime, I think your best bet is going to be to just save that money and try to put it towards a paid hunt down the road. And those are getting more expensive every year, but you at least know that if you buy a guided hunt for, say, dull sheep in Alaska, if you spend the money, you know you're going hunting. Whereas you could spend thousands or tens of thousands over the course of a decade or two trying to apply for all these states, and it's more likely than not that you're never going to have anything to show for it. So, personally, my strategy for sheep, moose, and goat is to apply every year here in Wyoming. I also buy points or apply in Arizona, Nevada, since I'm already paying for those licenses every year um, to apply for elk and deer. But other than that, I don't build points in any other states just because of the horrific odds. Um, instead, what I do is I budget a couple of hundred bucks every year and enter into some raffles. And I have a couple of dedicated savings accounts that I'm trying to contribute as much as I can to every year to build up over the next decade or so. And hopefully, while I can still walk, buy myself a nice doll sheep hunt or something like that down the road. So, sorry to end on such a bleak note here, but I just don't want anyone listening to this to get into the uh, moose, sheep, and goat game thinking there's any guarantee of hunting in the future. Of course, you can never draw without applying, but I just think your money is probably better spent being saved for a hunt that could be guaranteed by going guided. And honestly, some of the raffles out there that, you know, maybe only sell a couple hundred tickets, 
those are going to have better odds than just about anything you can apply for in the draw. So if you're getting into things with zero points, that's honestly probably going to be a better bet than getting into the points game on the ground floor for moose, sheep, and goat, especially as a non-resident. And just some closing thoughts here. I know uh, I just kind of ended the whole species discussion with a as a little bit of a downer on the uh, draw odds for moose, sheep, and goat. But uh, I will say that it's not all doom and gloom out west. Um, all these hunts seem to be in a lot more demand in recent years, but that's not to say that there is just an ever-dwindling opportunity. I mean, there's still plenty of opportunities out there. It's just a matter of maybe having to do a little bit more research, uh, pick things apart a little bit more, and just doing a little bit more legwork to find what it is that you're looking for and to find some of these um, kind of more under-the-radar hunts. Okay, I'm sorry. All this knocking you're hearing is my dog reminding me that it's time to feed him. But yeah, there are a lot of hunts out there that are definitely getting harder to draw, but there's still plenty of opportunity out there, so don't be totally discouraged by the fact that more people are applying or some hunts are having lower draw odds every year. Um, you just might have to get a little bit more creative in how you go about it, but there is definitely hunts to be had out there if you're willing to do the legwork to find them. So that will wrap things up for this episode and start to wrap things up for the Western Big Game Hunting Series. I'm going to put out one more episode in a couple of weeks here discussing archery elk lessons learned and I'm hopefully going to get my brother and uh, maybe a few other guys that I hunt with on there because we have discussed the hard lessons that we've learned from years of bow hunting elk quite a bit. So we're going to be talking about that in the next episode. And from there, I will be getting into our fly fishing series. So I'll be putting out three or four episodes on fly fishing out west and fly fishing in Wyoming uh, from March probably going into April. So keep an eye out for that. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, please feel free to rate on whatever platform you're listening on. That'll just help to get it out there a little bit more and hopefully more people can hear it and get a better idea of what they might want to do to develop a application strategy. So that should do it. Be on the lookout for those episodes coming in a couple weeks and thank you for listening.